Hello and welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast. I'm Dan and I'm here to talk to you about nuts. I'm Mark and I'm here to talk to you about milk. I'm Sol and Milky Milky. And I am Vertvik and I'm here to talk oh, to you about yoghurt. Who's that? <laughs> All right, Vic. I've sneaked in the back door, in the back door of your podcast, because it, it's like a Zoom thing, and I've been able to hack in with my hackety fingers. Mm. Honest, God. I told you to lock that, the door. That's how Sol prefers it, someone sneaking in his back entrance. Oh, we've started. We've started already, we, Mark. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's off. It's off He's in. Oh, 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 dear. <laughs> I, thought I'd, I thought I'd get in early. I thought there were just rumours written on the toilet walls. No, no, the only truth is written on toilet walls. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, um, before we go crazy and head off talking about game, we've had a lot of downloads and newcomers, so uh, if you are new, we are Pixel Hunt Podcast. What we do is deep dive and analyse games one letter at a time for this first series or season or World 1, if you like, so you know. We're in a computer game, aren't we? We're covering the Nintendo Entertainment System, or Famicom, if you're from Japan. Uh, we're going through a one game per episode, working from A to Z. This episode, World 1 Stage 14, if you like, is letter N. And that's, uh, we're playing Nuts and Milk. But uh, before we get into all that, let's have a, a bit of a quick roundtable and see what we've all been up to. Why not kick off, Mark? You want me to kick off? Well, go on, then. Um, right, so film-wise, I watched this thing called Redemption, and I thought I was getting into a bit of a normal Jason Statham film. I saw his face, I thought, I'm tired, I can't be bothered concentrating on something, I'll watch him kick the shit out of something, perfect. And I put it on, and it wasn't. It, he had to act in it, and it was actually quite good. Ooh. And I thought, well, who, who's made this then? So I pulled that little IMDb thread to see what went on. And it's this guy called Stephen Knight that's made it, who also wrote Locke, Eastern Promises, um, quite you know, quite a, quite a few good things. Lock. And then I was thinking, well, I wonder why Lock. this... Locke, the one with Tom Hardy Tom in the Hardy. car all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really well written. So, And this guy wrote them. So I thought, where did this guy start off? You know, what was his breakthrough thing? And it was, he was a writer for Jasper Carrot. Jasper Carrot It's not all original. So how do you go from writing for Jasper Carrot to doing Eastern Promises with David Cronenberg? And then I pulled the thread further and found out him and Jasper Carrot invented Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, so he's loaded then. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I knew Jasper yeah. Carrot had something to do with the millionaire thing because that's uh, yeah, I had no idea. whatever, uh, is it Clarendon or whatever it's called, the, the people yeah. who made it, he was part of that. I watched that... Um, I watched that documentary on the the major, the coffin major. Uh, you know, the guy was supposed yeah. to. Have, it was really good. Uh, it's really good documentary. Watch, well, docudrama, you, I suppose. Yeah, the one yeah, with, I uh, watched the Yeah, that new one. Yeah, Michael yeah, Sheen. Yeah, I haven't watched that, but I did watch the documentary of it uh, beforehand. Spoiler alert: There's a lot of coffin in it. Well, there's a lot to be so, said. If Jasper Carrot is ostensibly a comedian, he seems to have been more successful at quiz shows. <laughs> than the comedy he was good though he was popular yeah. and he was entirely made out of carrots mm. yeah. fun fact <laughs> I don't think that's his real name him, it bleeds orange <laughs> so I do that and then gaming wise I finished that Star Wars game off oh you um, like it yeah. Fallen Order I have Jedi been... Fallen Order is that right yes and he, he did a Star War <laughs> yeah, it were, it were really good, and I'm looking forward to another one. So it was very, 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 very good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a a new franchise as a whole, didn't it? Recently, good, 
good because, I mean, the thing is, what, what it was was amazing, but you, you, all the way through, you were just like, oh, if they just did that, it'd just be this bit better. If they just did that, it'd just be this better. You know, there's certain daft design choices, like, because it wants to be Dark Souls in terms of the combat, but then what you've got is you get, because I was playing it hard, as, I, as I'd said, so you'd hit a wall, though, but when that happens in Dark Souls, you can then go off somewhere else and grind a bit. And oh, I'll go down that pathway that I ignored a, a while ago, and I'll go see what's down there. Um, you can't do that in this. You're just locked into the last place that you are. So if you hit a wall, if you get to a boss that's rock hard, you've just got to keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. So that was the really frustrating. And so it also then, when you got towards the end, because I thought, oh, I'm approaching the end now, what I should do is bounce around all these levels and just rinse them, find all the secrets and find all of this and find all of that. And there's no fast travel other than landing on a planet. If you want to explore that planet, you go right to the arse end of it and then all the way back through it. And uh, so, so like I say, a few really daft, daft design choices. But other than that, it's um, it was a great concept and a great game. I really liked it. But then it left a little hole in my life. Um because I didn't know what to play. So I've ended up going back to Witcher, which I've decided is a little bit like an ecstasy wank in that it never seems to end, but I'm kind of still quite enjoying it and persevering with it every time I put my attention back to it. So I think that's Witcher for the rest of my life is just going to be a stopgap game where something's something's left a bit of a gap in my life and I can defrag myself with Witcher <laughs> and then go back to playing something else, Witcher 3, that is. And that's it. So all, all I got from that is you get you get to a hard bit and then you go on Grinder and you got to sort something else out. And I'm not sure what a, a gay dating app would have to do with. I'm not into these new games. So I'm not quite sure what you're on about, Mark. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I've explained it so eloquently. Yeah, we should, we should clear up, Mark. I don't think um, Vic likes to play anything that's older than 1986. Maybe ah, even, not even that. That's, that's not quite true. I, I've got a Switch. That's my most modern system. And before that's a PS3, which we bought for a DVD player, also a Blu-ray player. <laughs> but on the Switch, I've recently downloaded Doom 64 Remake. So I love Doom, and I never played it on the 64. And when Alex, my mate Alex told me years ago, or ages ago, he said, oh, Doom 64 is coming out on the Switch. I said, yeah, and this is Doom. Everyone's got Doom. And he went, no, no, it's very different, very different. So I'm looking forward to it. When it came out, I downloaded it. It's about a fiver. It's out of a cheap. But it's really, really good. It's got quite a lot of different elements in it, and it's got different monsters and guns and shit from uh, Doom 1 and 2, and I think Ultimate Doom as well. And I went through the game. I think there's 28 levels, and there's some secret levels as well. I, can, I forgot to the last level. But if you get to the last level without getting these three element thingies, which I didn't know anything about because I didn't obviously read any instructions or anything like that, you can't do the last level. So in the end, I, just did, I got to the last level and went, sod this, it's impossible, and just deleted it. Because that's what I do. When, when I get to a game that's just ridiculously hard, I'm not having any fun anymore. I just get rid of it. So I'm not playing this anymore. I'm done with it. And that's it. There's a lot to be said for that approach. It's like, you know, you know the Mario Odyssey, which is absolutely brilliant on the Switch. I got to a stage in it where I'd done most of the game. I got all the, the bits and bobs. And there was some levels where you've got to race this um, Cooper. He's like a speedy Cooper. And you've got to race him to this point. And I hate doing games that have nothing to do with the game you're playing. So, like, when Ratchet yeah. & Clank was, like, good on the PS2 years ago, they, they started putting racing elements into it. And I was like, sod this. I want to I go around collecting stuff, jumping stuff, shoot stuff. That's all I want to do. I don't want to be racing. If I want to play racing, I get Forza or, 
you know, one of the racing car games, but I don't really like those games. So I don't like it when they introduce other stuff you've got to do to do the game. If it was a side bit where you can go off and do bits, that's fine. But when they put stuff like that in, I'm like, nah, sod that. So I just haven't played Odyssey since then. And even that's a great game. I don't think you could you could probably avoid that and 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 still get through the story because you've only got to get to a certain amount of moons, haven't you? And don't you get one yeah. moon for beating Cooper? So you could probably just yeah. Go, and it, it's nice Cooper. when you um when you uncover the different areas. I think I covered all uncovered all the hidden areas when I did most of the game. Wife did, I think, all of it actually, but she's really good at that sort of stuff. But I, I just got as much out of it as I could, and it's well worth the oh, 40, 50 quid it was to pay for. But um, mm. Doom sixty four at five quid downloads, absolutely brilliant. It's really good. And you've got codes and stuff. It's really hard. It, some levels are quite hard, but when you get into it, yeah. some of the levels that are hard are hard because of the puzzle elements. There's one bit in one of them, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but I don't know which level it is. There's one bit where you've got to get open a door. And the way of opening the door, and it's completely different from any Doom game I've ever played, you look at something on the wall, you look at it, and you hear this noise, and the door's opened. But you've never had to do that. You usually have to press something, shoot something, kill a load of monsters or get a key or whatever, this thing, you look at something and turn around and it's opened the door. And I was like, I would never have been able to work it out. So I just went on. The, I'm, I'm not adverse to getting a walkthrough and just going, have a quick look. Oh, I've, I know what I'm doing now. Put the thing down and then get on with it. Yeah. I always yeah. do that. I don't, yeah. I don't ever not do that because it just ruins a game for me. Sometimes get, you, puzzles can be a bit obtuse, can't they? And go, what, what, how the fuck, what would I ever do with yeah, that? Yeah, it was I ridiculous. Remember. There's about three of them in the whole game, which I thought went, all oh, right, okay, now, now I know how to do it. But some of the, some of the levels are quite good because they're just like arena shooters where you've got one level around. There's millions of monsters. And you just got to try and pick them off and do that. So there's quite a, a breakup of exploration and shooting. So it's, it's, it's a really good game. I would definitely recommend it for a fiver. You got, you can't go wrong. Well. That's the game I've been playing mostly lately and also watching my wife with her raccoon overlords on uh, Animal Crossing. Because <laughs> Animal Crossing, I think, I'd never played it before. I've never played it, actually. I still haven't played it to this day. I just like watching her play it. It's one of them games where I understand how to play it. I, I really like everything about it. I think it's when you, you watch it and you analyse this game, it's, it's really, really clever and really complicated. There's so many things you can do on it and other things affect things and you can play multiplayer and there's just tonnes and tonnes in it, but I never want to play it. It's just not the kind of game for me, but I love watching her play it. And I'll come in and I'll go, oh, what's, what, you know, what's the, what are the turnips doing today? Or have you caught any scorpions tonight or whatever? <laughs> and like, what islands are you going to? Yeah. And what's that there? And it's just it's tonnes of stuff you can do on it and it's just really, really fascinating. And it, it's absolutely brilliant for the right it. people. I, I don't really, I get it, but it doesn't interest me to actually pick up and play a character myself. I'm not into, you know, building worlds like in you know, like Civilization or, or any of those kind of old games. I'm just not into it, but I love watching her do it. And it's it's one of those, I, there's two kinds of games. There's a game you like to play yourself, and there's another one you like to watch and comment on, and that's one of these games. Yeah. We used to say that as kids, didn't we, Matt, yeah, growing up? We used to call them watching games. Watching games. Mm. So we'd, you be, a, you'd have a, watching games. Yeah, you'd be staying over at, at each other's houses or whatever, and you'd just be playing, I don't want to play this, I'll just watch you. And you'd sit yeah. there for half an hour yeah. <laughs> yeah. watching someone else play it. Yeah. Um, uh, ooh, uh, ooh. Other stuff, other stuff, <laughs> get back to that. Um, I downloaded a game that Alex, my mate Alex, who's my big, big Nintendo mate, he also told me about ages ago, and he got it off, I think, the Japanese Switch store because it wasn't available in the UK. I got a game called Heavy ba- Heavy Burger. It's like a mashup of Burger Time and Heavy Barrel. They're like, they're like Data East games from the arcade, and they've mashed a load of their games together. So it's sort of like um, 
if you think like uh, a Robotron type game, where you just got to get to an exit. You grab guns and get to an exit, and there's someone trying to get away from you. But you're going through these different levels. So one time you'll be going through like lock and chase levels, and you'll be shooting the shit out of everything in lock and chase. Another time you'll be going through like Dragon Ninja, and you'll be going through um, Burger Time or something. It's all these different games they've mashed up. And it seemed, it seemed to be quite fun at the start, but it gets tedious quite quick because you're basically running around. Someone will shoot you, start again. Run around, shoot you, start again. But it was like two quid. But I've been waiting for it for ages to come out in the UK store. So I got that. And I need... It sounds cool. It's, it's all right, I suppose. But I think it'd be better if you had four players playing it together. Um, and the other one I've got that I'm not, I've got to get back to is the, the new Zelda game. I can never remember the name of it. The, the Game Boy remix one. Link's Awakening. It, it looks Link's lovely, and it's really, really charming. And I need to get back into it. But, but when Doom 64 came across my bow, I thought, oh, I'll go on to that instead. But now I've done it, I can get back to, to Zelda. And then I'll be looking for another game to play on it. I've got loads in my watch list I need to have a look at, and they keep coming down in price, which is nice. And also Streets of Rage 4 is out. And I was a big Streets of Rage 2 fan, so I might have to get that soon. But it's still 20 quid. I might wait until it comes down a little bit in price before I get it. Supposed to be good though. Very good. I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I've um, I've picked up on on that. It's like come out on Game Pass. Um, oh yeah, on other places it's free, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, whatever you pay for Game Pass, it's um, it's come out on there. It came out on day release on there. So I went straight into it because I was a mega Streets of Rage fan as a kid. Mm, um, been through it. Um, loved it. It's brilliant. Um, it's the go right have a fight. Always get a bit boring, don't they? Or at least they get they get. Um, lambasted for being a little boring but this seems to I don't know I never seem to get bored of it the, the, each stage was quite short yeah. um, there was a big variation of, of enemies uh, the challenge was good it wasn't too hard although I went into it on hard there's different versions there's hard harder mania stuff like that but um, I thought I'll tell you what I'll just I'll go in at hard and, and it, it was hard it was enough of a challenge it didn't get right. I didn't want to smash my Xbox up but also on. it was alright it wasn't too easy on the subject of Game Pass, how good has it got that now? It's really, really, really good, worth yeah. it. It's dodging Damn, it. Got it. Out of all of Yeah, out of all of them, because you've got the game Xbox Game Pass, you've got PlayStation Now, which is like the Netflix of games. You can just put it on a laptop and stream the PlayStation 3 and 4 games straight through to your laptop, use whatever controller you oh, want. Right. Um, then Ubisoft have got their own similar version where you have to have a decent PC, and EA have got their own version and everything. But the Xbox one... It doesn't have that luxury that Sony have a stream in it, but how good is it? The the quality and the choice of games that are on it is incredible. It's really good. What is it? A tenner a month? Yeah. If you and it includes your games, it includes Xbox Gold, doesn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So if you figure that's forty quid a year, and you buy one game a year, you've nearly hit that. The, the total yeah. cost it will cost you for for a year. So for an extra forty quid, it's. And, and I find that I end up playing games that I wouldn't have ordinarily gone and bought. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have splashed 20, 30 quid on Streets of Rage 4. I know I wouldn't. I just absolutely wouldn't, no matter how much I like the original Streets of Rage, because it is, in essence, just... An old game, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the same mm. formula, and I know I wouldn't have spent that much money on it. But here, I've gone, oh, Christ, I'm paying for that. I'll have it. Because yeah, so with it, Doom 64, I wouldn't have paid 20 quid for that. But when it came out, for, I was willing to pay like a tenner maybe. When I was looked at it, it's five, four, five quid. I went, I'm having that straight away. No messing. Barely spoke today. What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I've uh, I've read, a, I'm reading a book. No, you're not. Ooh, yeah. Who, who talking about a read, soul? I know. 
Um, it's called uh, Broken Greek, a story of um, Broken Greek with Plates. a subtitle of A Story of Chip Shops and Pop Songs. And it's by uh, a music critic called Pete Pathedis, who uh, he used to be the head rock critic at the Times. Massive, it, big... It, it's a music critic, but also it sounds like it's to, to diminish him somewhat. He's married to Caitlin Moran. All right. But um, it's that? essentially his memoir. Yeah, <laughs> I know who she is. It's, essentially, it's huh? essentially his memoir of him being. Of people who don't know who she is, like me and Dan. Who is it? <laughs> uh, she's also a columnist. She writes for Guardian. She's funny. She's an author. She's funny. Yeah, she's quite acerbic. Um, follow her on Twitter. She's she's funny. Uh, yeah, you'll know her. You'll know her. She wrote a comedy series about her upbringing, didn't she? So I can't remember what it's called now, but it's her her family. No, She's got a family of like delinquents, basically, and it's supposed to be quite funny. I've not seen it, and it's about her. And she wrote that. She. Um, so yeah, this is what I, I didn't want to talk about his wife. <laughs> She's more <laughs> famous one. Well, yeah, um, but uh, it, yeah, and it's. He's the son of some Greek immigrants who came to Birmingham. I think he was born 1969, so he's not far off our age. He's obviously about eight eight years or so older than us, eight to ten years older than us, excluding Daniel, of course. But it's really his story of growing up in Birmingham as a son of these immigrants who, who owned a chip shop, told through the prism of Top of the Pops and music. It basically, because he's a music journalist, he's a music-obsessed kid so all the all the references baron knight um uh abba you know everything that we grew then it's i'm about halfway through now it's starting to get into the jam and all the new wave stuff and post-punk and and it's really good but it's really funny because it is the it's 1980s britain and it's it's just a, a very funny and very good read if you're into music and you want to read about their life for growing up in the 70s and 80s it's really good that's just reminded me of two things so i'm glad you brought that one up one about music critics has anyone watched louder milk on any of the streaming services yes. it's really good. good i've watched the second it? series oh. now it's really yeah, good it's fantastic and uh it's smart isn't it? yeah it's very clever but he's a right miserable mm. get as well i like miserable gets so there's that and um, also on the, I think it's on Netflix. I can't remember. Wife controls the TV, and it's on Netflix or one of the Amazons. I've been watching Devs. I've been watching that. I've oh, been told to watch this. Is BBC. It's on. That's right. Yeah, it's BBC. That's why yeah, I, on iPlayer. That's why I can't watch it because I don't have a license. So I've got to wait for it to come on something. Oh, else. you can probably download uh, it from yeah. somewhere. Probably. It's good. Uh, I'll I'll wait and give it its legal run of its money. It, it might pop up on shitbox before my subscription runs out. It's Alex Garland who did Annihilation, which is also a fantastic film. So it's sort of like yeah, twenty eight days later he wrote he that. Did, as yeah, well, unfortunately, he? I didn't like that one. Beach and the beach, yeah. yeah, that one. But it's really, really good. Yeah. It's it's sort of like it's a science fiction but without spaceships. Yeah, cool. Sort of a modern thing. It's good. Very, very good. I like it. I played a game as well. Which one? Go on. Which one, Sol? It is called The Gardens Between. Oh, between okay. what? I know it, it's on Game Pass, and it's a re- it's um, it's a puzzler where you control time. You know, is it like a weird isometric looking thing? No, uh, kind. Like you, you're on a yeah, little island. In yeah, a and you're kind of moving around. Uh, yeah, you control a brother and a sister. Yeah, and your left trigger on your your left trigger. F- 
fast forward time and your right trigger rewinds it. So it's a walk slowly through this this world. You then manipulate things and then rewind it and it has an effect. Yeah, like braid. Yeah, very much like braid, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a comparison I'd not seen at all. <laughs> Just like playing it for about four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd not clicked. But yeah, it's like Braid, and it's just one of those really... It's so calming that I fell asleep in my chair playing it. Oh, no, it's just because you're old. No, I'd had, I'd had half a bottle of wine and three cans of cider. But <laughs> yeah, I'll, do I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've become a cider drinker, haven't you? You weirdo. Yeah, it's well, like vinegar. I think I've had enough of it. I've had no, enough but he's, it he's not drinking proper cider. He's drinking that dark fruit stuff, isn't he? Which is just it's like lockdown. It's what lockdown does to you. It's like drinking it got, beach. It got warm. I so I... I it just it was a nice, refreshing, warm, fruity drink that, that gets you drunk. I, I don't drink at all. I haven't drank for a year now. But when I was when I used to live in Dorset, everything's cider down there. And if you ever go to if you ever go to anywhere down Somerset or Dorset, look look out for something called um, cheddar, cheddar valley cider. It's the weirdest experience you're ever gonna have. I'll leave it with you. Oh yeah. Has it got cheese in it? No, but it's like a pink colour. And it's flat. Right. There's no fizz to it at all. I used to drink loads of it, but it's really strong as well. It's mental. Yeah, you'll, you'll see it a mile away because they put it in those containers that they put petrol in. And they just write on the side with a bullet point, you know, <laughs> cheddar, 5% or whatever. And it's one of those ones where the lower down the barrel it gets, the stronger it gets. You've got all the sediment in there. It's weird <laughs> stuff and it glows in the dark. It's odd. It's odd, but it's good stuff. Oh, nice. Cheddar. There's a there's a brewery not far from us called Bradfield Brewery, just uh, I want to say north of Sheffield. It, um, they sell a beer called a Belgian Blue. For, all their all their beers are themed around cows for some reason. Right. And around Christmas time, they do one called a Belgian Blue, and it's actually pink to look at. And the 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 head that forms on it is like almost even brighter pink. No, it's like a dark pinky purple, and the head's bright pink. And it's a weird beer to look at, but it tastes really good. Odd. Yeah. So um, yeah, what else have you been up to, Sol? Are you done? Yeah, that's it. That's that's it. I, I, yeah, I don't want to bore you, but I've been busy with work. So um, well, I'll cover off what I've been doing, and then we'll start talking about Natsudo Miruku. Um, oh, I, that was beautiful! You did it so quick. <laughs> didn't didn't he? It's like a, it's like a national speaker. <laughs> so um, yeah, again. A bit, a bit like Sol's work has gone through the roof because everyone's working from home and people need IT systems to keep going. And uh, interestingly, networks make up a big part of them. Um, but other than that, I've been playing Streets of Rage 4, which we've already covered, which is brilliant. If you haven't played it, go and pick it up. Even if you had a passing um, enjoyment in the original ones, it's 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 almost a love letter to it. It's really, really good. <clears throat> and there's interesting unlockables and stuff, which are um, you know sprites from the original Streets of Rage and that kind of thing. Um, what else have I played? Uh, I've been playing more Ring Fit, getting all sweaty with my Switch. Yeah, doing some exercise. Instead of watching that Ponzi twat on YouTube every day, who, who's now some sort of god, I've been uh, playing a computer no, game. It means well, Joe Wicks. Uh, it means well. Yeah, might do. Oh. Don't care. Joe Wicks. No, he's I everyone's really hero, apparently, because he is. no one can exercise without watching a man on the TV do the same thing. <clears throat> if you if you can't remember your PE lessons from school, he just refreshes oh. you. Um, Animal I Crossing, find just yeah. just up in your up in your number of daily wanks. It's a good way to burn a few extra calories. I just make keep sure doing you that. switch arms though, because you'll end up one side. <laughs> you know, one by step. I've started doing them with my feet. 
<laughs> a bit of flexible but yoga. You jumping, bend over backwards and uh, <laughs> nosh yourself off. I've just, you give it all a go, don't you? Well, you've uh, got to try no. it. No. Well, I've got to try it. <laughs> um, only no. you, Mark. What only you. Yeah, I, well, I achieved it, actually. I, this is when I was a lot younger, and I thought, this is quite interesting. And then I thought, well, yeah, it is, but you have got a cock in your mouth. So I stopped Did that. a little gold star yeah, come I... up on the side of your face when you achieved it? <laughs> Ting! Yeah, I just achieved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been playing Animal Crossing as well, which is everyone's cup of tea at the minute. I can't figure out whether I'm enjoying it or not, but somehow I keep going back to it. Um I don't know what, it's got some sort of strange hold on yeah. Every day I'm like, oh, I just got to see if there's any fossils to do, what interesting fossils there is, and uh, see if anyone's visited my island and see if we've got... And then I went over it's to... It's very tasky, isn't it? Yeah, it's, went, it's nice. I went to Chris's island. Mindless. Our friend Chris Parsons, um, he he wanted a, something that I was for sale on my island, which wasn't for sale on his, so I, took, I bought him one and I took a trip over, and his island is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes, my wife's like been there as well. Neatly set out, and I'm like, Christ, how have you had the time to do all this? Um, my island just looks pretty much like it did when I turned up, except there's a museum and there's a couple more houses, and that's about it. Uh, and I don't, I don't know why I keep playing it, but I keep it's one of them games, it's isn't weird. it? It's like some sort of drug. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so, what else have I been playing? Oh, Forza 4 as well, Forza Horizon 4, keep dipping in and out of that. And I've recently started a couple of days ago. Um, a game called Wizard of Legend, which is a terrible name for a game, but it, it's a pixel arty style kind of. You say it sounds um, proper. Wizard of Legend. Yeah, yeah, it's a roguelike type thing. You go through runs of a game. You 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 play a wizard, and you can um, you've got different attacks, and you can buy or unlock different attacks to go through the dungeons. It's similar to that Children of Mortar thing I was playing, uh, but. It's worth a go. It's all right. I'm enjoying it. Um, other than that, other mediums, what have I been watching on the television box? Um, I've rewatched The Big Lebowski only yesterday, I think, or the day before. So good. That's. I think that's in my top three of all time. It's just it so, good. so good. Yeah. All he wanted was his rug back. I it know. Just, I love it. Just goes <laughs> so wrong <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've been drinking white Russians ever since. Although I've got milk, I need, I need to get some single cream instead. Half and half. Ooh, that was a lovely leading on the subject of milk, wasn't it? Oh, that's well, where well, I was going well. with it. Is that what it was? Was it planned all it along? Yeah, I picked up on that. <laughs> this is the game. The game that we've been playing. So speaking of milk, let's move on to uh, this episode's game, which is Nuts and Milk, or Natsutu Miruku, if you're Japanese. I'm, I'm presuming that's no. how it's pronounced. That's how Wikipedia tells me to. Oh, God, go on, <laughs> You've been um, to Japan. We've got some Japanese friends as well. Um, when there's a U in the middle of a word, you don't pronounce it. So it'd be, uh, well, I don't know about the ends, though, because it's Natsutu Miruku. Okay. Is they sort of shorten the word when there's a U in the middle of it? But it sounds okay. much better when we go. say it like that. Obviously, terribly. Natsutu Muriku. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I stand corrected. With um, Vic being our current um, guest of honour. First, well, I'll, first I'll, ever I'll, special you guest. Say guest first more ever. like muscled in. Mm-hmm. Told you, I'm, I'm coming on well, whether you yeah. like it or not. 
I mean, if we say guest, then we stops us having to file a police report, so it's just simpler and quicker for everyone all around. I think. So we'll we'll, we'll let we'll let um, Vic cover off nuts and milk. Over to you, Vic. Originally released on MSX and a few other 8-bit platforms, I think they were mainly Japanese computers like the NEC 8001 and all those kind of old old platforms. Uh, in 1983, Nuts and Milk made its way to the Famicom, uh, Japan only, uh, July 28th, 1984, developed by Hudson. Um, although it looks very like an early Nintendo arcade game, the sprites are very Nintendo. And when I first played it, that's what I, I thought of it. And when we... I think we talked about it, Sean and I, on the podcast a long, long time ago when we used to have a section called What Would Be Good in the Arcade? And I said, oh, this would be a great game in the arcade. You know, you could have you know, really nice mm. puzzle game in the arcade. You may have a two-player version. It'd have really nice artwork, you could imagine, on it, all that sort of stuff. It was also, I found this out only recently, it was re-released by Melbourne House in 1985 as Hot Pop on the C64. And it's it's a really nice version of it. The music sounds exactly the same. Mm. The sprites are very similar. They're, they're single-coloured sprites. But it plays really nicely. I'm going to play it on the 64 myself. It's a single-screen platformer. You control a pink blob with feet called Milk. And its objective is to collect fruit from around the screen. I think it's two or three pieces of fruit on each level, which then opens up the door to a little house, which awaits his blob-shaped girlfriend called Yogurt for some reason. Uh, when you reach Yogurt, you... <laughs> so she's not called. So who's not the bad guys? They're a little blue. Wow. They look like you, but they're blue. They're blue ah, geezers. Right. I assumed his bird must be nuts. I knew he was Yeah, I'm milk, not sure where the nuts and milk it's... comes from. Maybe it's an old Japanese folklore tale or something about some... I, I, they usually yeah, are. Women are nuts, thing. to be fair. Not <laughs> that simple, though, because throughout the stages, you're pursued by a blue blob called Nuts, and there's him and his mates, there's a few of them usually, I think two up to three max, and they try the hardest to catch you and prevent you from progressing to the next level. A touch from some nuts... <clears throat> or his mates, you will lose a life. So you can't touch them at all. Um, and on the level, which you can jump from any platform, there's lots of um, there's platforms, there's springs, which reminds me of Donkey Kong, and there's also rope ladders, which you can sort of cling on to. And if you fall from any of those, from any height, you can survive. You'll sort of be stunned for a few seconds. If you press your jump button quickly, you'll get up quicker. But usually when you do that, nuts will come and get you. I didn't realise that for a while. I kept dying in the yeah. one time where I was lying on the floor and thinking, how long does it take to restart yeah, You've got to thing. pump the button to get it up. To me. I, yeah. We just lay in And also, if you fall in the water, like Donkey Kong Jr., you'll also die. So it sort of reminds me of a lot of early Nintendo arcade games with these different segments of it. That's why I always thought it was a Nintendo game. It's actually a Hudson game. After a few levels, there's bonus levels um, where you've got a decreasing timer and you've got to get the you got to get to yogurt your girlfriend. But there's there's bonus fruits which you give you extra points where you don't need to get them. But also on this level, it also reminds me of another Nintendo game. There's these little fireballs that slowly follow you around the screen trying to get you, which is reminiscent of Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers game. Mm. Yeah, and there's also a uh, a level editor, but you can only edit the first level. So you can make your own first level up, and it goes on to the next 49 levels. And also, I found out recently, I which I did not now, is if you press select at any time, you'll jump to the next level. So if you're about to get killed, really? you press select, and you can just quickly nip to the next level. I did not know that. I, I wanted to touch on that level editor, though, because I thought that was quite a nice touch, although it must have been frustrating back in the day if you created a shit-hot level, because there was no way yeah, to save no, it, wasn't it was at all. There. And it's only that first level. Yeah. And you can only do certain things. I think you can only have, obviously, one of you on the level. You can only have, I think, up to yeah. three bad guys, and you can only have three pieces of fruit. So there's obviously limitations of the NES Famicom 
but it's quite fun just to mess about yeah. with it. You've only got like about five or six different sprites you can put, like walls, springs, uh, the bad guys, good guys. Yeah, there's not a lot in it at all, actually. So, so that is about it. And I think I think there's 50 levels. I think the Commodore 64 version might have 100 levels. But it's it's quite a good look. 50. I got to like, I went all the way to like 40 odd and then thought, I've seen that. You got that far into it? What, by <laughs> selecting or actually going? Uh, select, selecting. Um, yeah, I think I wasn't that good. Selector. Yes, that. Yeah, it's a quite a nice little game. Um, I think it would be nicely ported to an arcade game, actually. One thing I did notice about the game is, well, if you play on a pad, which I was, I was playing actually on a joystick on an emulator, but I have got it on my Famicom. If you play it with anything that's got eight way on it, you can get stuck on the ropes very easily and you get stuck and you can't move and usually the nuts guys come and get you. And it's very, very annoying. But I think with a proper four-way arcade joystick with a gate on it, it would be a lot better because you wouldn't get the mistakes with the, your, your um, diagonals, which is the same for a lot of old games. If you sort of go a diagonal, you'll get stuck. It won't go left and it won't go up. It will sort of stick in the middle and you get got. So that's the only real... I, I annoyance about the game I sort of found with it and obviously as Mark said when, when you fall over if there's a guy coming up your rear you've got to get up quick and they usually get you but one little trick I also found as well you, you can disappear through the right or the left hand side of the screen and come out the other side Pac-Man tunnel styly. and when the guys are following you they can't do it so they'll get so far when you turn the other way around they'll turn around and try and get you from the other end you can use that to your advantage and you can also make the daft buggers fall yeah, in, this, in the water or fall into a pit where they can't get out of. So sometimes you can do that and just go and do the level at your own pace. But if they do fall in the water, they'll come back again a few seconds later, usually on top of you when you're bloody trying to go climb up something. Cool. But it is. That's, that's about it in a nutshell, isn't it? It's quite a nice, simple thing. And it's no I, I was thinking it, yeah. when, when I sort of chose this game for you, I said when you first started this podcast, so I was saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I think Demon Demon World was one of them, which you did for D, but I can't remember what you did for D. And also this end for Nuts and Milk, because they're actually two good games. Most of the games you've covered have been absolutely dreadful, haven't they? You've had like maybe one or two good ones so far. Hopefully this will be a good one. Have the highest score. I think we've had Marble Madness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marble Madness and Goonies. Yeah, and the Eliminator Boat Race, I think. Um, oh, I hated that one. Sullivan didn't seem to. But, um, Eliminate a <laughs> Okay, let's before we move on to what we thought of the game, let's have a look at what was happening in the UK film, music, and gaming charts back on the 28th of July 1984. Now I'll hand over to Sol for our Ultra Interlude. Right, okay, yeah. We're at 1984. Uh, what were what we what were we all doing in 1984? What were you doing, Daniel? God, probably running you around annoying the shit out of you. 1984. Oh, no, no, I wasn't actually You're quite no. right. I was thinking of 1989 for some reason. Um, 1984, I was in my dad's nutsack, probably. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, anyway, the, the singles, 1984, the UK number one single was Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Go to war. Two Tribes Go to War. That's actually a good song. It is a good song, isn't it? With the bonkers video with... Um, uh, Gorbachev and Reagan fighting. It was banned. That the video, video was, was banned, it? yeah. Was it? They banned, they banned nearly everything of theirs, didn't they? Yeah, that was <laughs> the a second people. single. They banned, obviously, Relax, because it's a, a, a gay anthem um, and quite rude on, on video. I think I've seen the video. It's I think it's just... Season, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and all that lot. I, I remember 
exactly where I was when I bought the first two singles that Sol's talking about. I was on holiday in Dawlish Warren, down in... in where the... What's Dawlish Warren? It's in Devon. That no, sounds like somewhere from Middle Earth. <laughs> it's Dawlish Warren. It's a little holiday sort of beachy thing in, in Devon. And I was uh, about 11 years old. And I went into a record shop. I think it was a Woolworths back then. And my mum let me have some some money to buy some records. And I bought Frankie O's Dollywood, Two Tribes, Go to War, and number two, Hole in My Shoe by Neil. And I think I've still got them somewhere. And yeah. I, I bought a, a Frankie O's Dollywood, just the relaxed T-shirt as well. And it was massive. I mean, I remember back then, the, the fashion was still a massive T-shirt. It was bigger than me. It was huge. And I, I, I played those singles to death. Loved them. It was designed by Catherine Hamnett, I think. Oh, right. Uh, but, um, yeah, number two, Holy My Shoe by Neil, which is Neil off of the Young Ones. He was uh, a Nigel hippie. Plainer. What was Neil? Oh, yeah. Nigel yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it's, which a, is, it's, a, um, it's a cover, isn't it? Was it an old Donovan yeah. song or something? A Traffic. It was by Traffic originally. Okay. A Hurdy Gurdy um, Mushroom Man was the B-side. That was a Donovan cover. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember because we'd Mark and myself would have been eight at this point, so we got the references and we got Young Ones and Young Ones was just about in our cultural sphere. It was on a bit. Yeah, late I think we us. were a bit young for it, weren't we? We were aware of its existence, but probably didn't watch it. I wasn't allowed we were, to watch it, but I used to sneak and watch it late at night. It's brilliant, so good. <laughs> to, too anarchic, wasn't it, for, yeah. for young? Yeah, I didn't understand mind. all of it back then either. But go back and watch it now, and it's just so silly. It's brilliant. I, I remember having it on VHS as a child. I don't know who originally belonged to it. It might have been Sol, but someone wanted to trade that VHS of three episodes of The Young Ones, which um, one of them was Oil. I can't remember what the other, one, other two were, but someone wanted to trade that for their copy of Super, uh, Street Fighter 2 Championship or some I version hope you of it for the Mega that. Drive. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But I only had a three-button well, controller for the Mega Drive, which made it difficult to play. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven was White Lines Don't Do It by Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel. Ah, brilliant record. White I wish I'd bought that when I was a kid. That was what made me much cooler. The, the, um, a few years later, I think it was in the early 90s, Duran Duran released a covers album that had uh, a cover of this on it. What, them doing it? Was it yeah, and it's, I think it's quite terrible. Oh, wow. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Floppy air really? everywhere. Well, I didn't realise until years later because um, I was young at the time. It's, it's built that that sample is from Liquid Liquid, uh, a track called Cavern. And if you hear that track, it is just just the baseline just running through that track. It's really good. The 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 Goggins sisters, I think, that make up Liquid Liquid, really really um, post punk, uh, bassy, dubby sounds oh right it's good stuff i would have thought really that'd good... be like a, an old sort of 70s disco kind of thing you know, like odyssey or something like that that's usually where they got all their samples from wasn't it yeah i think that's that or we're getting them mixed up with vsg i don't know but <laughs> anyway, the internet will probably tell you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone, yeah. Will, someone will push their glasses up their nose and tweet us the correct response oh, i think sure. you'll yeah. find yeah i'm gonna say if you're uh, tempted to do that do yourself a favor and just go have a wash instead <laughs> <laughs> uh right so where were we albums 
So the UK number one album in 1984 was Legend by Mob Bob Marley. Mob Marley. Mob Marley. By Mob Marley. Mob Marley. It's like a prog rock band. What's your thoughts on Bob Marley? I absolutely right. love Bob Marley. Really? Bob Marley is um, Bob Marley's music is uh, tuned to a frequency that heals your soul, as is the Doors music. And this is a fact. <laughs> it's like this: this a C is a C, but the the C can resonate at a slightly different frequency. And there's certain artists that have recorded in this frequency over time, and all of them have died under quite strange circumstances. George Lennon did it with his solo stuff. Bob Marley did it. Um, Buddy Holly did it. Um, and the Doors did it, tweaked the frequency of the thing. It's the same frequency that church organs run through. It's like when people were ill and they're going to church, that music's supposed to resonate in your, your body and make you feel better. Well, that'll learn, but, um, Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Bob Marley's there. Proper good. No, I, I wasn't. Uh, I could have. I could have sat here all day and listed <laughs> a number of responses you might have given it. I don't think that would have ever entered my head. We so you tell him that. that that resonance of the sea, which the organs played, is what healed people. It wasn't all the prayers. Well, no. If you well, think, think about like, um, if you think about um, sound as vibration, um, it's like if you put salt on a speaker. There are certain frequencies when you change the speaker, the, the salt will form perfect snowflake-like designs. Um, and so it's the same. Obviously, we're made of eighty percent water our bodies and the body, the water reacts to music in a similar way. So theirs is tuned to a frequency that would create that perfect kind of snowflake pattern, which normal music isn't. It's tuned to a frequency that would just be muddy and dirty. So yeah, there, is, there is a weird kind of logic behind it. I expected I quite like one love. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a muser, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three was uh, Can't Slow Down by Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie? Yeah, Lionel yeah. Richie, which Looks featured... Like he popped up again, another rock star ate my hamster one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, this album featured Hello. Uh, did it? Heard Hello. Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're long. looking for? <laughs> Hey, oh, you yeah, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it featured Hello and All Night Long, but this was being pushed up the charts on the back of Stuck on You. That's like a very no. peculiar sentence. The single, yeah. Do you know do you, do you know Stuck on You? No. no. You, right. Well, let me try to uh, do do it some justice. Yeah, it, it kind of goes, stuck on you, got a feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. Oh, Guess yeah, I'm yeah, on yeah. my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah, it's a bit country-esque, isn't it? It's a bit of a country ballad. It was a film. It's got... No, it was a film. Uh, yeah, yeah it's a, that's a, this, this is, it's a Farrelly Brothers film. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Matt Damon. Yeah. Say it properly, um, Dan. I know, I was so glad no one did it. We were all dying to do it. <laughs> and at number 10, uh, for uh, for us rockers in the room, as I, I dallied with in my musical history, it was uh, album was Last in Line by Dio, which was Ronnie James Dio, formerly of Rainbow, and Black Sabbath for a bit. And the... <laughs> I look, I, I, I've put a link to the video for Last in Line. It's just, it's just terrifying. Some poor lad goes to, um, goes to deliver some goods at an office, and the lift seems to propel him into hell. 
that contains the Borg from Star Trek before the Borg were a thing. Uh, Ronnie James Dio's dressed as, an, as a pharaoh and it's like some nether hell and he just keeps going, last in line! So it reminded me, of, it reminded me of the front cover of Doom at one point. He stood rocking out on his guitar and there's loads of on like a plinth and there's loads of people underneath trying yes. to grab at him like but up at him like that demons oddly yeah all, all all the underworld dwellers are all grabbing at him and grabbing at his guitar but he never goes out of tune and they never, they never just pull the cable out the bottom of the guitar yeah. you can see that there. you just think why don't you just grab that and he's only, that he's only stood about three feet higher than them so if they just tried a little bit they could have pulled him off that plinth i bet they could but when you sent me that link I, to be honest, if you'd have said Dio to me, I no, no, no idea who you are talking about. So <laughs> I started watching this video with this kid. <laughs> He's me rubbing off on you now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this kid was on his bike, and it's not a particularly rocky song either at the start. I'm like, oh, what's this? What's this all about? And then he gets in this lift, and then it just goes, and goes crazy into rock, and <laughs> shit busts into the lift. I'm like, oh, God, I wasn't expecting any of that. Yeah, it's, it's like it. I liked it. Yeah, it, it's a bit crackers. Uh, but that's yeah, that's your albums and that's your singles and then you've got your films. So 1984 box office number one was Purple Rain. It was number one. Yeah, you're joking. Wow. It's dog shit. Yeah, it's such a horrible film. Great deal going on. Is it crap? I've never seen it. Uh, oh, I don't wish to. I, I don't mind Prince. I dip in and out. I like some of his songs and stuff. But yeah. the 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 trailer had a typical 80s voice over. Like Purple Rain, starring Prince, and a rock star before, on the edge. Before he created the music, he rather than just show you some bit of the film and let you decide what a film was about, you needed it explaining to you. Yeah, <laughs> this guy has gone into a shop and bought some fags. Well, we know he's watching him do it. <laughs> before he created the music, he lived every bit of it. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. No. Uh, but there's some boobies in the trail if you want if you want to watch it. Oh, I might change yeah. my opinion. Number two, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Where is he? I, I like that one. Well, directed by Spock himself. Now, I always remember for some reason Star Trek Two as a kid, him being in that tube where Spock mm. dies is. Um, is what it, 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 it's just stuck in. It's, something goes in their ear. Mm. They, put an, they put something in someone's ear, and then yes. Spock dies in a tube. They and have it to really fire him out into space. Yeah, it's yeah like it Spock's did dead. Rather, because first Star Trek film, crap in it. Let's be honest. It's, it's just lots of slow motion shots of the Enterprise for yeah, about an hour. And then Wrath of, Wrath of Khan is like boom, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Search for Spock's nowhere near as good, but it's still a good film. Is it when like you it. find out that Spock is a Jedi? Is that what this one is about? More or less. Yeah, yeah it is it is more or less that kind of thing, isn't it? It's full on eighties. All the fashion oh, yeah. all the fashions have changed. Kirk's the because if obviously they leave without the permission of the Starship Federation or whatever, don't they? And Kirk's there in his leather jacket that looks like it's come straight from the eighties. Just a the gym. Basically. <laughs> uh, number three Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom oh, not oh, I'm to Jones. I'm not <laughs> we've, we've found a film I've seen Yay. well, well yeah. done hey. 
the, my problem with this is is Kate Capshaw screams probably from about the second minute continually for until the 180th minute or however yeah. long it is. Yeah, so basically she's Steven Spielberg's wife, isn't she? So he yeah. just threw, threw it in there. Screams a lot, but. She starts singing that, doesn't she? Yeah. Is this some of the annoying Clube, little Clube, kid in everyone. it? Yeah, yes. short round. I I like this. This is the, the, when it first came out. People like it's nowhere as good as the original. But if I look at the ones that I've watched over and over and over and over and over and over again, I've watched this one more than any of the other ones. I did like it when the kid um, got a slap, sorry. though. I was thinking, yeah, he needs more of that. Little yeah. get. It's, yeah. it's a it's a great <laughs> film, if only for the minecart bit. Yeah. It's just all good. It's and when he rips good. his heart out, is that this is the one I get? I get them all confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And where they eat, they eat the monkey brains. Oh, I wasn't like, keen oh, on that bit as a kid. It's got my favourite uh, uh, Indiana Jones bit, where of all of all the well, we won't include the fourth film of all the films, where um, the him and Short Round are trapped in some ceiling coming down out there, and she's at the other side getting screaming a lot covered in spiders or whatever and he looks through the little gap and he just says we are going to die <laughs> is this the one where there's just some forget. snakes behind some glass as well is it that yeah it's so obvious there's a glass yeah. there like yeah. they could have cleaned the you glass see the reflection. come on yeah. you can see but yeah it's good isn't it i yeah. love it proper good what about oh. the games then anyway you're you're game talking. Right? so in this one in this month's computer and video games, released to new shelves, July the 16th, issue 33 on the cover, you add um, various characters from soaps, such as JR, um, some Coronation Street people, Hilda Ogden, because inside this month's CMVG was some, you could uh, code your own Coronation Street game. I think they call it Condemnation what? Street. <laughs> You sure you didn't dream this? <laughs> it's the most random thing I've ever heard in my life. Seriously, they, and it come bundled with. You can tell that this is 1984, so you're really still early in, relatively early in the home computing world, and they bundled in a, a book of uh, codings, and there's a massive section at the back for a lot to code your own programs. So they were still in that world, did not fully transition to just being comp- Oh no, then were the bits that I liked the best in the in the things at the time. It's probably why yeah, I still do stuff now. Yeah, but you'd I spend never four hours typing it in and, and there'd be a print type typo. Not your fault, yeah. you'd not done it. It was just went into the magazine yeah. wrong and you could never fix it because you didn't have the required skills at that time. <laughs> and you'd, so, yeah, so you went and played a game instead. Uh, the... Oddly, the featured review in this month's uh, isn't the isn't the game that they gave the biggest uh, review to. So they had a massive review of Saber Wolf on the Spectrum. Good. Ultimate play the game, Saber Wolf. Right. I've, I've got problems with rare. Ultimate games. I don't think there were that many good ones. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but have you ever tried playing like Attic Attack? You just get killed straight away. It's really difficult game to play. Jetpack and Jetman were really good. I loved those. Yeah, and I loved Saberwolf. I'd not played Attic Attack. Attic so. Attack was just hard because you, you, you just throw, like a lot of them Spectrum games at the time, there's just stuff on the screen all the time, all like attacking you. And just mm. got, if you didn't move quickly and do stuff quick, you would die. And I just never really got into that many. And the ultimate, the ultimate. 3D games that were later on were quite good, but some of the control methods are horrible. You had to sort of turn, then go forward. You couldn't just 
What will I do? Well, I know um, some of them. Well, Alienate. Yeah, Nightshade. Alienate. Uh, yeah, I, I loved Nightshade. Nightshade and Alienate. Um, yeah. What was the other one? There's I loads of them, them kind of done on the same engine. Gunfly. Isometric. Yeah. Another one. They were quite good, but when some of them they had the movements where you could two different, you could like move in the directions, like a, a sort of spin around, rotate, and then go forward. Yeah. They were really difficult to to plan. Unlike Head Over Heels and Batman from Ocean at the time. I'm going to say Head Over Heels is probably the best example yeah, of that. Yeah, it was really that was thing, a brilliant game. Yeah, I only know Sablewolf from playing it on the rare replay that came out um, on the Xbox few years ago that bundled all rares back cataloging and um, what did you think then i thought it was dog shit it's not uh, a fun I, game. I had no idea what was yeah i had no idea what was going on like vic said i died every two yeah. seconds um, i love it and time. i just I, you're clearly walking through some some kind of jungle of some kind yeah um and i just i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing apart from just killing things and half the time you saw it when you waving it around it wiggled didn't it, around it not waved it wiggled yeah and even mm. you can be wiggling your saber if you like in front of something and it can still kill you i'm like what i, I don't what have i done wrong there but yeah i didn't play much of it if i'm honest yeah, well, they I like, gave it I nines play. across the board do you reckon they were paid I for that review because back in those days i think there were a lot of backhanders going around and i never used to i know some people get really wax lyrical about these old magazines but i, I sort of you look back on them and think god these were written by children they were so badly written. Mm. But obviously when you were a kid, you loved that sort of thing. It's like your mates were writing it. But you look back on it now, you're like, God, this is awful. Terrible things. <laughs> it's like a fantasy. Yeah, almost. Yeah. There's always going to be backhanders going around, isn't there? I mean, whoever spends the most money on the advertising is probably going to get a couple of extra points. On yeah, the game, I think they, they do. So you, I used to go by the reviews. Obviously, there wasn't internet back then. And you couldn't sort of get stuff. And, you know, this, these these magazines, oh, this game's dead good, go and get it. You go and spend like eight quid, which is like your life savings as a kid. And it was just rubbish. You're like, oh, my God, they've ruined it for me again. But, yeah. Mm. I, I remember when I was doing a review, when I was reviewing, this is why I quit reviewing, they, they um, sent me an EA title, and EA had wanked this title off. It was something like FIFA 24 million or something like that. Um, and I was just like, it's disgusting, vile, cash grab, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they just said, no, you can't do that because EA won't send us games to review yeah. anymore. And they were like, well, what's the fucking point in doing it then? So it's just stopped. Oh, yeah, that's the moral <laughs> implications of it, though, isn't it? You, you just go, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's like on the podcast now, yeah. um, on my podcast, or me and Sean's podcast, um, we don't really get stuff for free. Every now and again, someone will send us something, and I'll do, I say to them, look, mm. if you send it to me, I will review it honestly, and I'll, I'll measure it, and I'll mm. do this, and I'll be really technical about it. And they go, no, honestly, just do what you want. Just do it. And I have. Good. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's hard to, to find something wrong with the products. I mean, I've been sent one thing. I just thought it was really good. And it was like next to nothing wrong with it. I've got to say something bad about it. Otherwise, people just think I'm chumming them up to, to get these free things. And in the end, I actually gave them away as a prize. I said, well, I don't want them. I'm going to give them away. That's how much I wasn't paid to do this thing. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to, to do that. And you do feel a bit of a git when they've sent you some expensive thing. So oh, no, you can have it when it's finished with, you can have it, just keep it. And you're like, yeah, but it's rubbish. I can't. And so if I, if I ever got into that situation, I'd just say, look, I can't review it. Have it back. I just, we won't, we won't mention it and just let them do it. Cause if they sent me a one up machine, those, those arcade machines, the modern things, I would just say, yeah, I just can't review it. You're not going to like the review. You better have it back. Cause they're rubbish. 
<laughs> At least you're, it's fair then, isn't it? You're all being honest. Yeah, it's like, yeah definitely. I'm not. It's not for me. Yeah, but much. obviously what we do is is a fan thing. We're not getting paid for it or whatever, but back in those days in the magazine, it was a big business, so they had to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, if it's yeah, your yeah. job, you want to keep your yeah. job, don't you? Gyrus on the Commodore 64 gets a positive review, but it was retailing at 36 quid. Because 36 quid in 1984. I'm going to see what that equates to in today's money. You could have um, bought probably an end-of-line computer for that price back then. Well, they actually yeah. say in the review that, yes, you could buy The Hobbit and you could buy this and you could buy this and you could buy this for this price. So they, at least they acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, Why was it so expensive? Was it a disc or something? Yeah, it just it was. A, didn't the Commodore 64 have a cartridge part on the back of it? It did. Well, I've got one here. Yeah, right in yeah. front of me. They have got one. Yeah, there was, there was not that many cartridges for it. Yeah, so it must have been manufacturing. Right. So how many how many pounds was it? 36? 36 quid, yeah. 1985. 1984. That's the equivalent to 99 quid today. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Wow, my my um, um, inflation calculator tells me that thirty six pounds in nineteen eighty four was one hundred and sixteen pounds. No, it says it tells me well, ninety nine pounds. Yeah. Yeah. it's a lot of washes. Was it released yeah. on? Was it released on tape and disc as well? Because then they'd never sell a cartridge of it, surely. No, I don't. I don't know. They did, if, quite again nineteen eighty four, right? So they um, they actually reference. The, the machine was launched in this country last year at the Computer and Video Games National Arcade Games Championship. And on that sweaty August, uh, our reigning champion, Julian Rignall, stood mm-hmm. up uh, to the gyrus and notched up an amazing, an amazing 28,000 points. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's not that amazing, is it? With Charlie Flacken out of 4 million on it. On a machine he's never don't, seen before. I don't know whether it's good or not. I, don't I think it is. It's not. Even I can no. get that. Yeah. They, <laughs> did, get they give that. it nine. They give it all nine to Pat from Value, which got three. So, it's right. about right. But the so game I'm of the gonna, month. Sorry, I'm just going to... I was going to look at what I got in Gyrus and I was going to plug that arcade sidekick app because it's really good if you want to keep a track of games. We like that one. Yeah, it's um, it's basically it's just got a massive list of every arcade game you could think of and you can upload your scores into it and you can befriend people and be in clubs and you can see their mm. scores, other people's scores. It's really good. Um, it's definitely worth the, what is it, about £2 maybe? If £2 quid, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, go get it. Um, it's um, my record apparently is one hundred and thirteen thousand in Gyrus. That's not bad. I don't, I don't play it that much neither. I do like it. I, I like the game, but I'm rubbish at it. I'm terrible. It's basically Gallagher in a tube, isn't it? Or Tempest, but yeah. Not in, that's, uh, and I'm looking at it now because I can't remember it, and you've just described it exactly what we're in my head: Gallagher in a tube. <laughs> yeah, it's a good little game. I don't like the cabinet shape though. It's not a nice cabinet to play on, but it's it's got this special joystick called a Monroe stick, and it sort of rotates on a ball. So it's almost like a uh, sort of you're mixing it, like a mixing bowl kind of thing. Yeah. Works nicely on the game, though. It's lovely. Same as Time Power. That's got one around, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Mm. Uh, game of the month Go on. was Bruce Lee on the Atari. Ooh, uh, the yes. reviewer, he had, he had mixed Melted feelings that. about this. Mixed feelings uh, about a game based on the life of a dead movie star that it smells money-grabbing. So <laughs> this guy had... Uh, Issues. Had yeah, uh, but uh, uh, by the end of it, it was another triumph for the Atari, which leaves most British games in the shade. The graphics are brilliant and playability 
better. Now I remember sinking hours into this game. I didn't realise it was an Atari release first, which it was, because they go on to say that it's going to come out on the Commodore 64 very soon. So I never knew that. I played it. I played it on the Amstrad, obviously. So it it was just brilliant. Yeah. Ta-da! Look I'm just that. showing everyone my Atari 800XL. I had this game on the 800XL, and I bloody loved it. It was the, yeah, the Atari great, and the Commodore version, almost exactly the same. The Spectrum version everyone loves is it's a similar. Well, it's the same game in this, in essence, but has terrible graphics. You know, the poor old Spectrum's got color clash and no sound and all that lot. But it's a pretty good little game anyway. It's a great game, kicking the shit out of a little green man. I'm looking at the um, Atari one now, and it looks exactly the same as I remember it on the Amstrad. So oh, it was on the Amstrad the as well, Amstrad. was it? Because you lot were yeah. losers on Amstrads, weren't you? Yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> I never had an Amstrad. Yeah, a friend of mine had an Amstrad, and he, I think the only game we ever played it was, like, was it Colin and the Spiders or something? Oh, no idea. One of them. One of the, one yeah. of the characters that Amstrad was Roland. famous for. Roland, that's it. Roland. 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 Uh, yeah, it, I loved that game. It prop, it was proper, proper good. I never finished it, really, it though. Really I good. never finished the game. You well, I didn't, it was very, very big, wasn't it? Um, I watched, actually, reasonably recently, a long play of it, just because it, for some reason, had pinged into my consciousness. And I, that, that exact thought, I was like, I never finished that game. So I sat and watched someone else finish oh, and it. Someone, about a, just a few years ago, made Bruce Lee 2 on the Commodore 64. I think it was a, ho- a homebrew fan thing. Really? Yeah, it's got totally different levels. Check it out on an emulator if you want to have a look at it. That's what we'll play yeah, later on, isn't it? I'll have a look. Hmm. That was the games. Uh, but again, arcade section. Uh, yeah. Now, a bit odd this, because normally they, they review about two or three games, that's it. But it took a little journey around London. Uh, in the arcade section. The arcade spy was furtively creeping around London's arcades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've included in the show notes a, a list of all the arcades that were there at the time. And I think out of the eight that he visited, there is only Las Vegas that's still remaining in London, wow. in Soho. Yeah, there is one. In, I think Casino is still there, but it's it's more um, modern gaming now. Uh, like it, Not fruit machines, but the... Um, the modern touchscreen type of thingies in there, I think, because that's where I got um, two of my pony cabs from. If it was well, about six, seven years ago, went down and says to pick them up. But yeah, all these ones sadly gone now. Uh, it's a shame. And uh, he, he, on his journeys, he played Gaplus, which he commented was a very colourful combination of Gallagher and Galaxians. That's because it's it is mate. It's Galaxian three. Yeah. <laughs> And he played quite and versus tennis on a remarkable split screen, which is, as we all know now, it must have been a red tent. It could have been um, a versus machine, which is basically two yeah. Nintendo yeah, machines bolted together. Leeds arcade. Yeah, they've got one ah. Leeds Arcade Club. Oh, have they? I want to believe. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one in the flesh, even in America. But it's basically two wooden cabs together. You can't even split yeah. them apart, so they're just a behemoth. Then oh. both screens face away. It's like yeah. a 45 degree angle, yeah. That could have been that. So you're playing it? each other, but you can't see each other's shiz, yeah. basically. Yeah. Right, okay, makes sense. I can't. Because I, it, it, I, it's on free play, I can never work out how to get it started. It's weird. Mm. Uh, and he did go on to review a couple of games. Great Guns from Stern, which is a rifle game. Um, I've included a picture there in the show notes. Predictable theme, but colourful and fun. Mm-hmm. 
I re- um, I recognise that cab, but I don't I don't recall the game at all. There were lo- no, there were loads of games like that in in the mm. late seventies. I remember playing as a kid. We had the, the basically this, the the monitor is flat and it's projected onto a mirror at the back, so it looks like it's yes. really far away. So you have some yeah. sort of range with your guns. They were quite fun to play though. Quite simple. Yeah. And you've got uh, Punch Out by Nintendo. Uh, I don't know if anyone's Ooh. heard Punch Out before. I think I it's quite that. quite a niche. Niche game. It's a uh, horrible Richie game. says it's a fabulous boxing game. Graphics are great. It's very addictive. Oh, no. It, but I've, 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 I tend to I find really on like the NES it. it's good. I like it on the NES. It works perfectly in the little, little home setting, but in the arcade, I've just got no time for it. I don't think I used to love the, it in the arcade. It's the one with the green mesh guy, isn't yeah. it? That's super punch yeah. out. No, they're super both. Right. both I like forgot the green guy. Two screens. Yeah, you had the screen at the, at the bottom, which was all your action going on, your little green... I think you were called Glass uh, Joe or yeah. something. And then above yeah, was all the stats at the top. Two monitors. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really good, that I liked super, it. Super Punch-Out's ridiculously hard. I've tried it a few times in um, Arcade Club and I can't, I can't get on with it. I, d- I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. It's just, maybe I'm a simpleton, I probably am, but it's just too hard. <laughs> so there. So there. We've got the game charts. Game charts. Game charts. Boop, 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 boop. If you've got a horn, Victor. Game charts. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number one on the game charts, uh, which oddly was in conjunction with Daily Mirror, this this edition of computer and video games. Why? <laughs> oh, well, there is one called Trash Man. In it. I've got no idea. But you can look at these charts in Daily Mirror or in next month's CMBG, as they proudly proclaimed. I don't know right. why. You don't think that the Daily Mirror is a bastion of gaming news. Uh, but number one, Jet Set Willy. Not surprising, is it? Yay. Yeah. Yeah, number two, number straight one. in with a bullet, uh, Sabre Wolf. few of us here, you've got Trash Man on the Spectrum, which is still beloved today. Not by me. Uh, I hated that <laughs> game. Beachhead on the Commodore 64. Loved it. Murder. And that version of it particularly is really, really, really good. The version on the Amstrad was shit. Well, we had this conversation a few pods ago because they were on about Jet Set Willy 2 and I said, wasn't Jet Set Willy 2 just Jet Set Willy 1 but fixed? Well, apparently it is a slightly There's extra levels, game, but another most, 50 levels or yeah, something like but that. It is, yeah, it's bigger, but it is just fixed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, that codename, Matt, is the kind of uh, like that original Star Wars cab. I've just checked it. It is the game I was thinking Ooh, it was. Kind right. of um, somewhere between a shoot em up and elite type thing. It was really good. Huh. Well, I'll I'll uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. But that is 1984 in uh, in a cultural capsule. A cultural capsule, yeah. I or like a milk that. and nut shell, nice. eh? Yeah, hey. beautiful. Look at that. Which which brings us nicely round to our oh, final yeah. thoughts on nuts and milk. Then, doesn't it? it does indeed. Uh, I'm vegan, so nuts mm, are milk. So what do we all think of it? Oh, it's because they are, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this game um, and I really really well you picked it didn't you I uh, really really liked it reason. and since I've been playing it a bit more I find it quite difficult and it's a bit annoying um, when the, the, the little nuts guys keep getting you and getting stuck on the, on the ropes but if that if that was fixed the four way joystick I think I'd really like it and another reason why I thought one of you especially Dan would like it because he likes these puzzly games he's very good at the puzzle games so hopefully Dan mm. liked it, and I—it's a good quality game, and it, it looks like a proper Nintendo game, even though it's by Hudson. And I—it's almost borderline uh, plagiaristic. 
particularly like yeah. you said, said earlier when it's you the get spring particularly stage, the springs yeah. and that fireball yeah. it's like, and, and also the font is a very yeah. nintendo type of font yeah it evoked to me more because I didn't have a NES. I didn't. I only started playing NES when I were older. It evoked to me Chucky Egg. Is what? Um, what? I guess. Oh yeah, it's Chucky Egg. You know, that's what what it sort of felt yeah, like yeah, to Lord me when Runner. I was playing it. Yeah, Lord Runner, that kind of thing. I um after after about five minutes playing it, I was like, this is Vic all over this game. It's it's very arcade. Yeah, it's. I can see why Vic likes it as well, isn't it? Because mm. if yeah, you, it is cute. If you I looked really at this like... and didn't realise who made it, you saw that's definitely Kagami who made. Um, Donkey Kong and, and sort of did the code for Donkey Kong Jr. in those early games. You think, oh, it's, you know, it's got the little mm. bricks in there, you've got the font, you've got the colour system, the sounds even sound like those early sort of Nintendo games. And you go, hold on, it's Hudson, what the hell's going on here? And you, you would have thought yeah. that they'd made it especially for Nintendo. And Nintendo said, look, here's all our licenses, do what you want with it and make us a game. Mm. And I can't believe it didn't come out in, in the Western countries. It was only Japan. Yeah, it seems too good to have not come out over over yeah because the, the... particularly considering some of the did come out because <laughs> it's it's really really good and like you said the puzzle element it was quite good because like it, it it's core it's a basic platformer collector type thing and some of the levels are that and then there are other levels that are very definitely a puzzle yeah. to try solved. and work out which way to get um, the fruit where... and stuff yes uh, some of them you can freestyle and do them in whatever way you want some of them you have to follow a certain path and do it in a certain sort of organised fashion to be able to achieve it and I thought it was really good yeah. thought, it, thought it was a belt game yeah I enjoyed it I thought it was cute see the little character was good especially when you fall from a great height and he goes dunk and lands on his side and you just got a little cross yeah, imagine his little feet flapping around like oh. yeah. I did find the feet quite odd because it reminded me of a VHS tape that I stumbled across as a kid <laughs> that belonged to my dad of a cartoon called Jungle Burger oh that's, um, that's a um, rude one isn't it it's, it's a no yeah, yeah, and all the, and this woman's on a junk on an island getting chased by giant um, cock and balls, and they walk around as their their testicles are feet. And that's just what Milk's feet reminded me of, like I was walking like around. Like a big with two ball giant sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I one was, thing that I, did irritate me about it was you can't jump on those rope ladders. Yeah. Bits, and I thought there was a problem with my emulator, and I'm pressing the button. I'm like, why can't I jump? What's going on here? And then I realised that you can't jump. If you think about it, it, if it's it, it's video game physics, isn't it? If you were on a rope ladder yourself, you wouldn't want to be jumping around on it, would you? It'd be a bit precarious. You'd fall through the things. So that's what I'm, yeah, I I'm, there was I'm, an issue with I'm defending the them for that. Yeah, well, I I thought the same as you, Dan. It would just it just didn't feel right. And then it's well, it's okay. You can't jump on that, but but you can jump on that. But it's yeah. just the mechanism of the, the mechanism that gets part of the puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah, yeah. mentally mentally hold that information. It's like playing piano, and <laughs> you, if you don't remember your flats flats and sharps, it's like oh god, yeah, it's in this key, isn't it? And exactly the same with that. It's like I'm trying to jump. No, no, you've got to remember every time you're on those those ropes. Yeah. Do not try yeah. and jump. Consider it. How um, how good is like the programming behind those little baddies? <laughs> They're so relentlessly annoying. Yeah, they follow you. They follow you. But you can lead them around yeah, as well. Like I said around. earlier, you can lead them around. Yeah, you can sort of you can sort of get them to commit suicide and lemon yeah. them, can't you? If you do it right, yeah. But yeah, they're great. They were they were really entertaining. The, the way that they'd been coded just it made it proper 
good. They, you know, they didn't feel like mindless little things buzzing around the level. They, you know, they, like they, they, yeah. they meant it. You- yeah, the only thing I thought it was missing, which I thought had been quite good, was some kind of power pilly thing. Um, yeah, you know, like oh, yeah, yeah. give them a kick. No, in. That'd be quite good. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Yeah, but yeah. Well, this is this is what I mean. If you could pick up some hammer or something that you had for a few seconds and go kick shit out of them just to get your own back that would be nice mm. rather than having to lead them on a merry dance so that this committed yeah. suicide well, you could use that as to your advantage i did anyway at some points when it was it was a more puzzling level because mm. they, they're, they're always coming for you sometimes they'd, they'd walk off the ladder and fall in the water and then where they respawn mm. they just do the same in like a little loop and I was, I was i was using that and thinking right hang on i've got some time here i can figure this out and have a bit of a think about it i quite like that. yeah but it's stuff like that that's why it's good. Did you ever look at the the MSX <laughs> versions and the early versions? Because they're top down games and there's no jump. It's uh, not a platform yeah, game at all. They, they some, sort of they changed the physics of it quite a lot with the NES version. I think because you know the NES was there were a lot of jumping games on the NES in the early days. It's, oh, we need a jumping game. You got to make nuts or milk, whatever his name is, do jumping. And that's the oh yeah, we'll do that then. Make it sort of front on view. And do it like that with with the same characters. I think they did a really good job of it. Mm, I really like it. Yeah, I think it's Yay. really good. I, um, I'm a massive fan of things that don't punish you for falling a long way. Yeah. yeah. So whilst you whilst you are um, limited because he's took a knock. Is that why you hate life? Yeah, he likes <laughs> jumping off cliffs and doesn't like dying. You, I like, do, you, I, do, you I, get a, you get a pause, don't you? When he got when he comes round, yeah. but you don't. Yeah, you're punished a little die. bit, but yeah. the that yeah. death from a long drop is one of my pet heads. Like Donkey Kong, you can't yeah. jump, you can't fall bigger than your own height. So if you fell six yeah, like foot, Madness. you would die. Yeah, Marble yeah, Madness, where you just fall off a, a bit of a ridge that's just a little bit too high. You smash the Have you ever tried to break a marble? Oh, yeah. It's almost impossible. That's nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone play the game mode two? Because there was, there was game A and game B, wasn't there? Um, no, I didn't. It was exactly the same game, except um, you would have a red balloon, like a red blimp would come in and start flying across oh, the screen. And you couldn't collect that, that. You couldn't collect that. That kills you. But then some levels would have a green helicopter. You could collect a helicopter. Yeah. You could collect that one. Yeah. Because what I did is I think I got to level 30-odd or something like that, and I hit a wall or somewhere. So I watched a long play, but on the long play... That I, I saw that and I was like, that won't mind. He's got, yeah, um, playing game, game B. I also, right. touching on the editor that we mentioned earlier, I tried to be really clever. I tried to make it right. I was going to write Pixel Hunt in the editor, but I couldn't quite make the things fit. And I abandoned it, but just went back out of the game. And I'd inadvertently, I'd put a big row of pipes across the top so you couldn't get to the house. Oops. And when I started the game, it just went round <laughs> error and threw me back to the menu. I'm Don't like, worry, oh. I actually find it realizes okay. you can't do it yeah. then. So you don't trap yeah. yourself in a loop. It just goes, no, you can't. You idiot! That. <laughs> just drops it back in the menu. It doesn't tell you that you need to edit it again. It, you've got it. You've got to use your own brain and go. Oh, maybe I've fucked up that level. So you go back into the edit. You need a gap. Edit it in such a way so you can get out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was quite good. Obviously, if you reset the game, it, it loses it, and you go back to regular stage hmm. one. I I am terrible on the springs though getting the springs yeah, right just, because even there if you is jump, a very very small sweet spot isn't there for, yeah and if you um, jump too high on the springs then that counts as a long drop and you know they've also out. nicked that from donkey kong jr <laughs> yeah on donkey kong jr on the oh i'm not sure what level it depends on which version of the game you play but the level two 
where you got to jump on the you get the vines at the top where there's these vines moving up and down the very first thing you hit is a, is a spring and as you land on it if you press the button as you land on it there's a certain prediction of how how many times you've got to do it you'll do a massive jump and you'll end up on the platform above rather than to go all the way around and they've stolen that exact game physic from there they've nicked it they do look very donkey kong those springs Initially, I really disliked this game, like hated it with every inch of my being, purely because my mini NES, I've uh, modded it, and it's got a, um, it runs something called Hackchip. And I don't know why, if it's mine or if it's my telly or whatever, but it's introduced a massive amount of lag to all the games. So not only could I not jump on the um, ladders, which was confusing the hell out of me, when I was trying to jump over gaps... I was getting them wrong. I was jumping too early, too late. I couldn't time anything right. And I ditched the NES and went to uh, an Xbox controller on my PC and run an emulator there. And that made a world of difference. The game was so much better. It ran perfectly. It was reactive. It was brilliant. And then once I was playing it properly, I thought, this is actually a very good game. But um, So I've got some mucking around with my NES to do. I don't know whether it's the TV. I don't know. It does have a game mod, but it won't enable it for that. Dan, if you've got um wireless pads on that because i know you can get the 8-bit do wireless pads. it's just a wired one because i've got a mini yeah. a mini ness i haven't used it for a long time because i've got a proper um junior famicom now and i use that with a with an everdrive so it's proper hardware but i never thought there would be a problem with the the emulator on it maybe you just need to flash the emulator again or something it's just something's got a glitch in there because they're usually pretty good i might they? do because i mentioned this when we were playing legend of kage um and i think i don't <laughs> It, it was doing the same on that, and and I've been playing. I tried playing Terra Cresta on the NES um, through that as part of your ten pence arcade, and I wasn't I wasn't going to use that as a score. I was just yeah, I've played it, it on there as well. It's um, good version, and it, yeah, it seems to, but it does seem like there's a delay in pressing stuff. So I need to have a look at my NES. But that's mm. slightly off topic. Uh, I really enjoyed the game once I got to really? playing it. I really liked it. But yeah, I I've took to now because I don't have any hardware. You can stream them straight through a browser, most of these yeah. things. So the last last few that I've done, I've done them straight from online. I haven't even done them through an emulator. Mm. So well, it might be worth whacking the link to them in the show notes. You can find them easy <laughs> enough, I'm sure. Just straight to stream it, those yeah. games online, you'll find it. Yeah, just, but yeah, they're all there, aren't they? Mm. So do you want an Awooga? I think yeah, we should, yeah. Is it out of 10, the Awoogas? Yeah, I think it's a solid... It yeah, is. I, I I'd give it seven. Only, only, only yeah, because tighter than me. No, it's gonna say eight then. I reckon eight because it's it's probably one of the best games I've heard us or you review so far. It's a good game. It looks great. It sounds great. It's cutesy. It's, some of the levels are a little bit hard, but I only recently found out you can select your way through them. So it's quite good, especially for younger people playing. It might not be quite good at it or me. And you can just whiz through the levels, and you, you can, yeah, you can actually go yeah. and say, oh, what, you know what does that. level forty-five look like?" Because you'd never get there normally. And you can go through, mm. which seems quite a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's obviously little things you could add to it to make it better, like you know, save game states. So you could save your your little er, 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 levels you've edited or whatever. I mean, that was probably you know before before save game cartridges were even about nine eighty three. So. I'm going to say this is the thing. I don't think that's a no, fault of them. No, I just not. think it's the tech in, the tech available to them at the time. The heart was yeah, in the yeah, right place. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really it. nice little game. Um, and I, I like it. 
I might even have to get the original Famicom game because there's a certain number of Famicom games I'd like to have just because they've got them colourful cartridges. And I bet it's got nice artwork on it as well. About, about £20. Is it? That's boxed. not bad, is it? But not bad. So, so eight for me, eight I reckon. Yeah, eight. From me. Um, I'm giving Ooh. it nine, mainly because I've not, given, I've not given a score that high yet, and I think it's the best game we've had. So the highest score I've given so far is an eight. So if this is the best game we've had so far, then logically to me it's now wow. So this is the new benchmark to beat. I thought it was fun. I thought it was big. I thought if I'd have bought this as a kid, I would have played it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. If you'd had a friend round, messing around with that level editor, you know, trying to create a level for your friend and then they're creating one for you. There's just tons and tons and tons of mileage. You would have just made a giant penis, wouldn't you? Yeah. Of course, every single time. But like, if you played Ultimate Chicken Horse now, it's just so much. Essentially, Essentially, it's... You what need to that? get this game. So this game got Ultimate Chicken Horse. It's a four-player game where you effectively start with an empty screen, and between you, you create a puzzle. So there's a start point. There's a goal. If you all get to the goal, nobody gets any points because the level's too easy. So you have to create the level between you and with little bits. So each round's like a roll of the dice. You've got that item. You've got that item. You've got that item, and you build the level and you're competing to get to the end. But obviously. You, someone needs to get to the end to get a point, uh, but if everyone gets to the end, nobody gets any points. It's really, really good. It's one of the best four-player games ever. And yeah, I could imagine this being like an early version of that if you had you and a friend kind of sat together. And instead of doing it at the same time, you sort of taking turns. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I thought it honoured the the spirit of arcade gaming really well with it, like quick, short, bursty levels. But there were so many of them that you didn't feel like you were being gypped with an arcade conversion that only had 10 or something. Um, and like I, said, like I said before, I liked the fact that some of the levels had been thought about. They were, they were a genuine puzzle in their own uh, in their own right. Um, and yeah, I thought it were a load of games all smashed into one. The only thing, I'd have given it a 10 if the music wasn't so fucking annoying. That's the only thing I didn't like. I thought the music was shit. Um, but other than that, everything, yeah, I loved it. So yeah, um, I, I'll just echo what you guys have said, really, because I, I've enjoyed it. It's cute. Um, I've got a problem with the springs, but that's me generally with any games with any springs in it. Uh, the select features, wonderful, because rather than hit a brick wall, I think I got to level 15. Um, you can just skip on, do all 50 at your leisure. And like you said, Mark, the, with the builder and stuff there's loads of stuff you really got your money's worth from this back in the day mm. and it honors the arcades wonderfully at a time that was peak arcade as well so this probably felt like you had an arcade at your home i don't know why it just came out in japan it's crackers yeah but for me i would give it i'll probably give it an eight to be honest I feel that I wanted to give it a seven, but that don't just don't sit right. Don't nah, feel right. I don't think so. No, I don't. Well, like I said, for me, it is an eight game, but I've given other games eight, and this is better than him. That was my sole reason for yeah, the nine. Logic. So, yeah, eight. Yeah. So, Dan. Um, yeah, I I I enjoyed it once once I actually got it working in an emulator that didn't have horrid amount of lag. It was it was good. It was responsive. It played well. It looks good. It's cute. Pretty much like you've already all said um i liked the select function moving to another level i kind of i i thought that was their mechanism of um 
like saves if you like you know i got to oh, i got to level 10 before i died and you don't have a password so you could start again and just yeah. bounce yeah. Well, they could have had passwords though, couldn't they? That'd been quite good as well yeah a lot of games used to they employ i think that other way is a better way of doing it though because yeah. like you say you can use it's got multiple use then rather than it was a bit monotonous going select 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 yeah. select select but you know it's it it was good i liked it um it did it did it took a bit of frustration away from it because before i realized that happened there was one level where it just kept kicking me in the nuts um and because well, I, I didn't know that was there until you mentioned it on this i just i, I can't remember what level it was but i just hit a wall yeah. and that's why i ended up watching the long play of the end bit of the game Do you know i've been so, playing yeah. this game for on and off for about three or four years now since i've been getting into you know famicom and nest games and that on the on the everdrive and i didn't know until about a week ago with a select function, you could whiz through the levels. I was like, oh, God. I didn't know for years. And now, oh, brilliant. I can go through all the different levels now. Great. But yeah, I think that's good. That, that means it's as high a scoring game yet. So, yeah, good does. choice. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> well, it does because we've got four scores. If you set the average, it's still, if you set the average, it's still going to be the highest, minute, I think. Yeah. I, I think it, there was, yeah. um, I liked the, the just touching on my points. I have I scored it yet? I don't think I have scored it. Yeah. Oh no, you didn't give it. Oh, a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jump ahead there, but Bad. but yeah, yeah, I was going to give it an eight. No, you did. You said eight. Did yeah. I? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my brain's melting. I um, there was a couple. You know, like the levels where it said nuts and it said milk. <laughs> One of them. Yeah. I don't know if anyone noticed it. Level fourteen said Kai, K A I, and I've right. I've never I've not been able to find anything related to the word Kai. I don't know if there was a designer. What, what's who, yogurt in Japanese? It was probably just one of the one of the oh, coders' no. wives. No, Kai means something. Oh, is it like um, is it? a next level? Because because you know there's a game 1943 in the arcade. Yes. The Japanese yeah. version is called 1943 Kai. Is yes. it like a progression yes. or a next a next kind of thing? Japanese to English here now. And, I tried uh, that. And it doesn't well, it's got a number of times. meanings, including ocean, shell, restoration, and recovery. As a surname, it means worth. Oh. Uh, in Kono and Kisi, Kai is a male name. It's paramount chief title or prefix that means kings of kings. In Maori, Kai means food or meal. Well, next time well, I see Chiaki, our Japanese friend, I shall ask her what Kai means. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I had a quick search. I couldn't so, find anything, but I thought that might have been an interesting fact or tidbit to talk about, but it was fruitless for me, unfortunately. So, okay. so what? What, um, what end game have we missed out on? Oh, your fun fact. Yes, fun my fun fact. fact. Do us a fun ready? fact, Dan. Hold, your, hold on to your nuts and milk for my fun <laughs> fact. Sit down and strap in. His facts are like a slap. It's coming at you so, so fast. It's Dan's fun fact. Nuts and Milk was the first third-party video game to be released on a Nintendo console. Even though it looked very much like a first-party Nintendo game, it wasn't. It was the very first third-party game. Ooh. Yeah, do you, do you think they saw it and went, you're either going to get a lawsuit or we'll, you can release it on our platform as a nice compromise? Yeah, and, and Hudson yeah. did a lot of games for um, Nintendo after they that. Did. They did loads, didn't they? Bomberman. Yeah, Bomberman. The start of a beautiful relationship. Yeah, it was a good one to start on as well. I want a good footing to get going so, on. What else yeah. could we have so had? What could we have won? Yeah, if we'd yeah. have been employing Souls Randomizer, we'd have probably pulled out some absolute bag of dog shit, no doubt. But <laughs> we could have been playing NES Open Tournament Golf. 
Wow, what a snooze fest. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's essentially, you know, how they did the original golf. That was, and Mario was just like a special character in there. This was proper full on Mario. You've got Luigi, Princess in there. It went oh, full on enough. Nintendo. And you got Ninja Garden, one, two, and so three. So properly, oh, Ninja Garden. Yeah, garden for ninja ninjas, all you know, digging up yep. crops and that. You've got the uh, New Zealand story. It's a great game. Which is. Yeah, yeah. Yep, brilliant game. New Ghostbusters 2, which is some sort of top-down game like Alan Syndrome. It's very good, is that? It's, mm, yeah, it, it's, it's really good. I know there's a Ghostbusters in the arcade. Is it similar um, to the arcade one? Because that looks like a, an Alan Syndrome game. It does, doesn't it? That's mm. isometric, isn't it, the Ghostbusters one? This is this is, is proper top-down. Oh. I think it was built yeah, for the NES. I'm not it's sure. cheeky. Mm. Nightshade? Uh, an action-adventure game modelled like a comic book. Gone to the nuts. This is right up your street, Marco. Yeah, I'm going to say it's immediately piqued my interest. Yeah, on your eyebrows, then. Yeah. Ninjas, but, Crusaders, Ryuga. Yeah, which is a, like either. a side-scrolling ninja game. Of course game. it is. Good. Yeah. Ninja right, so, Crusaders, yeah. So really, I think we've... Some of those would have been good, but I've enjoyed what we've uh, been playing this week. And that's what you get when you don't employ the randomizer and you ask someone to actually suggest a game <laughs> that's worth playing. Yeah. So speaking of the randomizer, Sol, let's get it out. Go on. Let's see what pile of shit it's going to pull out for us now. <laughs> so hang on then. So, yeah. So, right. Let me reach over here. I'll get him out of the drawer again. Um, he's been shopping for some records. So I keep hearing music coming out of the drawer, but let's see what let's see what he's up to. Oh, for Onyanko Town. Onyanko Town. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what game is that? that? On, what town? Onyanko Town. 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 I liked his musical introduction to that. Oh, oh, oh. It's magic. Yeah, he's not daft, is he? He, he definitely is very daft. daft. I think oh. you'll find. So basically, the randomizer this, this, uh, for the next episode is taking us down to Onyanko Town. Onyanko Town. Cool. Well, I've well, never I've heard no of that game that before. Be. I take it's a proper Japanese-only release. Uh, I've just done a little Google eyes. It looks like it, yeah. It looks uh, top-downy. Anything. We'll, we'll see next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it looks like a maze. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Ah. So I think all that's left mm. to say is thank you very much to um, Victor Marlin for being our special, special guest. Thanks for having me. Where, where, can, where can people find you, Vic? In my house, usually, in Middlesex. <laughs> Locked um, down. On Twitter, I'm 10 pence Arcade. Tenpencearcade.co.uk, uh, which is the email address for the Tenpence Arcade podcast. You can get that on iTunes and off the website as well with the same name on it. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. And I guest every now and again on these daft podcasts with you lot. Yeah. So thank you, Vic, and thank you to um, my other co-hosts, Sullivan and thank Mark. You. And that's it for this episode of Pixel Hunt Podcast. Thank you all out there for your support and your feedback. We love you all a long time. If you want to reach out to us, you can grab us on Twitter and Instagram at Pixel Hunt Pod. On the intern web at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. Or you can drop us an email at outdo at pixelhuntpodcast.com. 
Until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast, playing the games so playing you don't have to. Don't have to. Don't have to. Oh. Oh.